Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, Monday, December 6th, week 13, just about in our rear view mirror. We still got Patriots and Bills on Monday Night Football ahead of us, but we are looking back at week 13 and ahead to week 14 on this episode. The last week of most people's regular seasons coming up in week 14. Michael Beller here with you. I am joined, as always, on a Monday by Jake Seeley. Jake, how was the weekend treating you, my friend? Uh, you know how the weekend was. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible weekend. You saw the tweet. Well, I mean, it was a free $10 bet, but also I happened to face George Kittle in three leagues, which was Ooh, fun. I, have, I know I, I avoided the Jonathan Taylor insanity. I avoided the Leonard Fournette insanity, but I, I couldn't make it th- three strikes. I, I hit it the third time. I got hit by George Kittle a lot this week. <laughs> There you go, George Kittle, Justin Jefferson, Kyler Murray, the standout performers in this week. 13 Funston, how about you? You avoid any of those guys? Did you see uh, any of those guys? I, how I, things go for you? Yeah, I got hit by enough of them. I have. A, I had a terrible fantasy week. But, uh, hey, reality, <laughs> Seahawks back in the playoff hunt. Uh, maybe that's – that might be a little bit too I mean, strong. They got back in, the win, back in the win column. How about that? We'll take it. <laughs> I mean, can we – Funston. Just- Jokes aside, do you know that the, the Lions are still mathematically in the playoff hunt? There, every I, well, nobody's <laughs> been eliminated in the NFC. So yeah, you were never out of the playoff hunt. <laughs> it is can crazy. We just, can we just give the the we've we've had the the top half of the NFC um, you know separated for a long time, right? We know those five teams that are going to the playoffs. Can we just give the f- top three of them buys? Have four and five <laughs> play each other, and then just let, and then let those four remaining teams be the NFC playoff teams. Well, no, if life was, was fair. If life was know, fair, well, that's we why could the do math that. doesn't really work out. I was with you because it was like five, you know, four and five, and yeah. then six and seven play each other. But then you have two teams, and then three buys. No, no, I'm saying forget. Out. Just get rid of six and seven. One, two, three buys. Okay, four versus five. Oh, you never. Right, that, so right yeah, now, yeah, so right we're now not going like back. Cardinals, the cats out of the Cardinals, box. Packers. Yeah, Cardinals, Packers, Bucks. Just put them through. Cowboys versus Rams, and then there's your final four in the NFC. I well, love that'd it. be great, but. <laughs> There's like three so, teams. Right. Do, do yeah. like the Russian? Have you seen the the where they do five on five MMA in Russia? Have you seen I have that? Not, but that it is the scary. most insane thing you've ever seen before. Like this dude is just getting pummeled because the ref can't get over to him because there's ten people in the <laughs> ring and he's just getting destroyed in the face for like thirty seconds. Oh <laughs> it's my just, god! Yes. Go that look it sort up. Of sounds that sounds to me like a situation where no one wins. But I am interested in who did win in week thirteen on our side of the world here in the NFL. So, Jake, who won Week 13 for you? Am I allowed to say Elijah Mitchell for like the 17th week in a row? Can I guess that? Yeah, why the, why the I, hell I not? not we've, say, got no, we've got no limits here. I will not say Elijah <laughs> Mitchell again. Uh, I, I really wanted to even say my Deont Bay out there, who, by the way, is yeah. on pace. He's going to be finishing <laughs> as a top-10 wide receiver. But, no, I will say the people who held strong and did not worry about T. Higgins – and the fact that T. Higgins has been consistently Is that like 2% productive. of the fantasy population? I, don't, I, don't, I told you, like three weeks ago, everybody was like, what do I do with T. Higgins? Do I drop T. Higgins? Stay strong. T. Higgins is not the greatest schedule for the Bengals, including the next couple of weeks. But T. Higgins, if nothing else, he's been better than Jamar Chaser recently. And yeah. it's just the fact that, like, look, this is what it comes down to. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, both this season, the roller coasters, overreactions both ways, too good, too bad. Mm-hmm. Too, they're two, they're top two receivers. This is very much like Funston Seahawks. They're not always going to be great every single week. There'll be some weeks where they're both kind of wide receiver twos, but most weeks one of them's finishing as a one and the other one's finishing as a two. Just enjoy what you have. Yeah. Oh, you want me to say my winner? 
Just jump yeah. right in with your winner, Funston. It's all of us. It's everybody. It's all the fanalists who said Javante Williams is an RB1 when he gets his <laughs> opportunity. And, you know, it's it's one thing to say it all the time. It's another thing to just watch it prove itself out, you know. And um, there was some garbage time for Javante. The touchdown was in garbage yeah. time. They were playing soft. But he had over 100. I mean, he was basically on his way to a 100-yard rushing game and had a nice receiving game to complement it before all of that. And, mm-hmm. um so, yeah, I think he was RB one of one. So, I yes. mean, so there we go. I mean, there's, there's, there's Javante when Melvin Gordon's not in the mix or, you know, and what happens when Melvin Gordon comes back. Maybe we do see a little bit of a discrepancy and, and Javante does take that, that lead. But, uh, I mean, it was an obvious pick that he was going to have mm-hmm. a good game. But, again, sometimes the obvious thing doesn't happen in fantasy. We all know that, and it was nice to see that it did. Well, before we get to losers, this was the first game I had queued up for us was Chiefs and Broncos. So let's just talk about this for a second. We saw that Javante Williams breakout game. I, I mean, we're we're sort of just making suppositions from this point forward. But like, what do you think happens, Jake, when Melvin Gordon's ready to come back, which could be as soon yeah. as week 14? I think everybody's going to be frustrated because I don't, I don't <laughs> see the Broncos going away from what worked. And what worked was yeah. a split. Maybe, as Funston said, maybe it's 55-45. Still think it's going to be a split. I still think it's fine. Just like what we said. What we look at this. What happened with the Patriots? Damian Harris was doing great. Ron Richard mm-hmm. Stevenson came in, was doing fine, and then replaced him and did really good in that one game. What was the what was the look for? You like kind of like should. It's, it seemed like you started saying Ramondre and then just got a little tongue-tied and just sort of moved on. And just oh, maybe, no, maybe it's my video or whatever. Like, <laughs> this video is corrupting mine. It's coming over. It's just, but, so Stevenson, and then it came back, and now they're a split. And Harris is still better than Stevenson, so it'll be Williams better than Melvin Gordon. But I said this to meeting to kind of like kick it back to you, Beller, and even Fonson, mm-hmm. is just say, like, I said, if you were in a keeper or dynasty, don't trade him unless you do get bowled mm-hmm. over but I would toss him out there to see what somebody's going to overreact and potentially give you like a Christian McCaffrey while healthy type return because the shiny new toy has finally broken out and that's usually yeah. when people are like oh my god what I'm gonna have Javante <laughs> Williams as a top three running back for the next three years and they're gonna throw everything they can at you you think they're gonna go three years with the Melvin Gordon platoon though like no, no, no. In, a, in a dynasty no, no, no. league I would, no, no, no. I would take okay, I know okay, but what I'm saying is like I, I want to get to the question of where would you value him in a dynasty league? Like, I would take Javante over Christian McCaffrey right now, who's who's been mired in injuries for two straight years. And it's, at this point in their career, it's hard for running backs to become the dominant guy they were when they've gone through two but years. But that's like why this. it's running backs. It's running backs and dynasty and keeper. And, you know, I love taking running backs in redraft and I love loading up. But, you know, a perfect example is my dynasty this year. I was walking into that season with Cam Akers, J.K. Dobbins, Kareem Hunt, and I forget. Oh, Saquon. Like I loaded, like I was, I was cruising along. I was yeah. like, well, I don't need that's a running back in this draft. I'm just going to draft all wide receivers. So that's I'm an just unbeatable how, team in July. Yes, how things can turn. That's what I was, I was saying. If you get, uh-huh. even if you get top five running back return on Javante Williams right now, yes, he could be top five for the next three years. But I would consider again, you have to be bowled mm-hmm. over. But now is the time to see at least what you can get. Before we get back to those Week 13 losers, let me just stay in this game for a second because maybe we have one of your guys' losers. I mean, what was that game from the Chiefs' offense? I mean, they they win the game comfortably. They get the win that they needed. They stay on top of the AFC West and right there at the top of the AFC. But man, that was ugly all around. Funston, any I mean, lingering concerns for this offense going forward? 
Yeah, I think there is for sure. Um, yeah, they were completely shut down in the passing game. I mean, uh, you know, Ceh and Daryl Williams, they're 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 leaning on them a little bit more. They kind of had to a bit, but uh, you know, this was a defense. This was Teddy Bridgewater basically gifting them the win because he can't handle the blitz and he can't. You know, the Dolph or the the Denver's offense was just completely, completely yeah. you know dominated. So. You know, some big plays on defense, and suddenly it's not so pressing that Pat Mahomes has to make a bunch of plays, but he wasn't making them anyway. You know, so there is, we've mm-hmm. seen this story already play out a few times. I think it's got to be in the back of people's heads for sure. Yeah, that's actually going to be, yes, my losers for this week was anybody heading into your fantasy playoffs feeling good about Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback because both of them. There you go. Legitimately, mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks are starting to make you feel like, oh, my God, this might not be as easy as I I might not be looking at the guaranteed 25 points from my quarterback position I thought I was getting from both of them. Mm-hmm. Both of them have been looking shaky. Lamar Jackson, basically, since he missed the game with the sickness and all that, whatever's going on over there, I don't know if that's still lingering for him and just similar to Amari Cooper, he's just not feeling 100 mm-hmm. percent, but it's you look at some of the throws he's making and just i don't know what's going on there patrick mahomes it's been now what five four of the five games or five of the six games where he's only thrown one touchdown or fewer and yeah. he's had that huge bounce back game and that was it and that took three weeks to get to so i'd say you have some concerns about patrick mahomes mostly because he's making some poor decisions and then look at the schedule the raiders have a really good secondary people still don't realize that chargers Good secondary, Steelers, and then Bengals, as I mentioned a couple times on this show before. Steelers and Bengals could go anyway. Steelers and Bengals, those two <laughs> weeks, could put up top five <laughs> defensive performances or give up 35 points. You just don't know. But at least the yeah. next two weeks don't look as coasty as they is – that, is that a thing, coasty? Coasty, 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 coasty as they I like were. that. I like that. I like that for sure. Good thing for the char- uh, Chargers – or excuse me, for the Bengals and the and the Steelers, I just gave it away, is that they don't, neither of them have to play the Chargers again at any point this season, unless it's the playoffs. But uh, we saw the, seen the Chargers roll up big points on both of those teams, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we can put those two guys among the loser group. Funston, you got a loser for us in Week 13? Uh, Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson managers. Sonny Michelle seized his opportunity. Um, and I'm not, you know, Daryl Henderson's still the better back. If you want me to, you know, say who who should be out there more, it's, uh-huh. it's Henderson. But guy hasn't been able to stay healthy, like, for a long stretch in his career. Sonny Michelle runs tough between the tackles. I think there's – I can see McVay looking going forward and saying, hey, we can work these two in concert. They're a little bit different right. in style, and it might actually work out a lot like – how Chris Carson and Rashad Penny used to work together in Seattle, just looking at it, you know, something that's close to my situation. But I think, you know, Daryl Henderson being the 20 touch a week guy is probably a thing of the past. Maybe they also don't feel any urgency to rush him back. Right. If they think he's not quite 100%. They just saw what Sony can do, albeit against a patsy of an opponent, something that we will also address when we but get to the Rams they, and Jaguars. But, but to that point, though, they've a been later. a decent run. They've been decent against the run. So, sure. Um, so I, we can't just say it's Jacksonville. I mean, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. But you're right. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think there's, there's definitely cause for concern there for Henderson's managers. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you there. Let's rewind things to Thursday, you guys, and take a look back at that Cowboys and Saints game. Taysom Hill ended up having a, a decent fantasy game, even though it was a pretty terrible real-life game that he had. And so, can you live with this, Jake? Can you live with Taysom Hill as your starting quarterback, knowing that four touch, four interceptions, but also 100 yards rushing can happen in the same game? I think that's the biggest thing. Is I mean, how, So, let's go both ways in this direction and say, 
how many more times do you really expect him to throw four interceptions? And then also yeah. ask, how many more times do you really expect him to rush for 100 yards? Let's say right. we'd all answer and say, more likely to run for 100 yards than he is to throw four interceptions again. Uh, so I'm okay with it. And this is like this is what we knew we were getting into with Taysom Hill. This is why I think most everybody had him as a QB1 this week, and this is what you're dealing with. Why he's a low-end QB1 is because if it goes sideways and he only throws one touchdown and two picks and runs for 80 yards, still a good fancy day, but he finishes like QB11, 12, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. This is the upside even with the interceptions, so you're okay with it. And I asked Meany, it was basically like a Taysom Hill versus – I, and he paused both times. I said, would you consider Taysom Hill over Dak, over Mar- Pre- uh, Pe- uh, Patrick Mahomes, over Lamar Jackson? With how those three quarterbacks have been playing recently, I'd still start all three of those. And he said the same thing. But you at least pause. Like, that's where we're at. Mm-hmm. Is like Taysom Hill deserves to be in a – like, you probably just put him out there. Awesome. Awesome runner. Um, it's it just like <laughs> – it's amazing watching him. You know, he's a power – he's a power running back on, on – in the rushing game, but I'm wondering with that finger issue and the Jets on tap. I mean, this yeah. this Saints defense is good enough. Would you consider? <laughs> well, would you consider just sitting him for a week and letting Trevor Simeon come back and play, and just giving him an injury week off? Yuck! I mean, yeah. it's, it's possible. <laughs> you you I think still want to win that game? <laughs> you don't think they could win with Trevor Simeon there? I mean, I I have my it makes creates bigger doubts in my mind for sure. But yeah, I think, yeah. but I think they're still going to be a decided favorite. Do we worry yeah. at all about Alvin Kamara returning and what that maybe does to Taysom as a runner? No, I'd just be more concerned about what Taysom does to Alvin Kamara just as he did last year. <laughs> yeah. And even so, you're starting Alvin Kamara no matter what. Like Alvin oh, Kamara well, goes for back sure. to start. I just yeah. think that now he's in the fringe RB1 conversation with a lot more risk just like we saw last year. Did anything change for you guys uh, with Dallas's running backs from what we saw in this game? Funson, <laughs> you can take this one first. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I just – Look at Ezekiel Elliott needs to take time off. I don't think he wants to, and I think that's the problem. Uh-huh. But I mean, his long run was ten yards, and I think any one of us here could have got at least eight on that run. I mean, he looked so bad. He looked so hobbled. And and you know, to be fair, Tony Pollard didn't do anything other than that that long run. But Ezekiel Elliott right now is not capable of making the yeah. run that Tony Pollard made. And exactly. and I just think it behooves them, especially before the playoffs, they give Zeke some rest. So, I mean. Whether they can talk him in into, into it or not, like it, it should happen, and we should see Tony Pollard get increased workload for the rest of the regular season. If it doesn't happen, I think it's a disservice to that team. I was laughing. Jake, because, Tony Pollard, RB one. Yeah, t- yeah, t- Tony Pollard is the best running back in the history forever. What are you talking about? That's why I was laughing. I mean, why were you having to have this conversation? I mean, like <laughs> Tony Pollard. No, the the truth is, and. I don't keep meaning to reference the show, but in case because a lot of people follow me over, and I just want to say like this yeah, is sure. where, uh, no, see yeah, if, I want to see if you guys agree is what I said. So if we considered Zeke right now, like if right now today we were doing the NFL draft and he was coming out of college, I said you know what we would describe him as a plotter between the tackles, volume based mm-hmm. running back. Am I mm-hmm. wrong? And that's you're both yeah. no, you're no. both saying yes, and I think that's what Funston is getting at, and I agree with is that he's touchdown reliant at this point, yeah. and that. Pollard has the better burst. There's no question about yeah. it. Uh, that, well, I mean, that, think of all the all the mileage going back to Columbus that he's piled up now in his body. Well, since his whole, entire NFL career is like 300 touches, 300 touches, 300 touches. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying. And, then, and, going, and, yeah. and he did that for a couple of years at Ohio State, too. Yeah, and I, yeah, I you know, I, tra- I, I always push back on, oh, Tony Pollard's such a better running back. Zeke came into the year in great shape. It looked really good early in the year. I just think, you know, right. he had this knee issue. He got banged up, and suddenly he got he got looking old really fast because of the circumstances of the volume. Really. And, 
Yeah, Tut- oh, <laughs> yeah. I hope it not. I hope, it not. I hope it's not. Crying. No, no, it's not that bad. Right, it's not that bad. But it's the, it's that's what it is. It's the volume and the knee issue. Start, and I'm with you. That's how the whole for everybody that doesn't know. That's how the mm. whole Tony Pollard joke happened. Is that it was mocking the fact that in week what was it four or five as you're re- yeah. referencing Faustin, like everybody's like Tony Pollard should be the leader of this backfield. Like that's <laughs> how the whole joke started. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now looking like he maybe is that for at least the next couple of weeks, uh, depending on what the Cowboys decide to do with Ezekiel Elliott. Let's talk Chargers and Bengals. You guys, Chargers uh, win this big game in the AFC 41-22. to Jake, you referenced earlier T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and how yeah. Higgins has been outperforming him, outproducing him recently. Uh, are you downgrading Jamar Chase at all with the fact that we just haven't really seen much of anything from him over the last, I mean, what, five, six weeks? We're talking about 50-something yards as a high watermark for him. Yeah, we all do so many shows, I forget who I said it to, but last week I said Jamar Chase is essentially Adam Thielen, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, well, hopefully it doesn't have the high ankle sprain like Adam Thielen just had. Sure. But but he's become touchdown reliant. And that's not a bad thing, though, because Joe Burrow looks for him and he does more often than not score touchdowns. But by saying that, where would we rank Adam Thielen any given week as a mid wide receiver, too? Can he finish top five? Absolutely. Can he finish wide receiver 35? Absolutely. If he doesn't catch the touchdown. But that's just all it is is that Jamar Chase and T. Higgins should be a lot closer then people had him three or four weeks ago mm-hmm. when Jamar Chase was in the top seven or eight and T. Higgins was down at 30. They should be more of like 15 and 25 at worst. Or closer, like where we were at with these, with these guys in the preseason. 20 and 20. 20 and 21 yeah. or whatever. 20 and 21. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, things turn on a dime quickly because it wasn't that long ago. It was just a couple weeks ago. T. Higgins had like a six-game scoreless streak where he was averaging 54 yeah. yards per game. Know, and there was a, the hell up. Yeah, and there was a lot of people saying that he should be cut, <laughs> uh, you know. And, and it's like – and now he's the he's the toast of this passing game. and Everybody's talking about Jamar Chase. So, look, at I mean, Jamar Chase, you just watch the games. Super talented. This thing could turn on a dime mm-hmm. really quickly. Another uh, Jekyll and Hyde performance, as we would expect from these Los Angeles Chargers. Are you feeling like all is well for the Chargers going into week 14, Funston? No, and here's why. Because <laughs> this this was, I was looking it up, Justin Herbert had uh, three pass plays of 40-plus yards. That's three out of ten that he's had of that distance this year. He's had, he had four pass plays of 33 yards. So they also had some big plays on defense. This game was competitive, mm-hmm. and if you don't make like if you only make like half of those big plays, and you don't get the big play on defense, suddenly we're talking about you know the Chargers losing this game. And I think that that's and we've seen this happen when they don't get those big plays, when things don't work in the passing game, they they can look terrible. And I, I think they're still mm-hmm. in that situation. I think it just happened to be that those things kind of worked out for them in, in that game yesterday. So I wouldn't say all is all is smooth sailing for the Chargers going forward. Jake, you sound like you're on the same page with that one. Yeah, they, they are Jekyll and Hyde. Is, are the Chargers good or not? Are the Bengals good or not? Right. Even week, it yeah. seems like they're just back and I mean, forth. But That's true about the whole AFC. Are they good or not? <laughs> Except <laughs> well, for like, really the comes, Texans and the Jaguars. And it comes down to, you know, and this isn't like a, a victory lap or whatever, but this is just like the Justin Herbert. It's like this is what my concerns were for Justin Herbert in this offense and Justin Herbert as a fantasy quarterback where people were taking him is that – his inconsistency like is he going mm-hmm. to be the Herbert before the league adjusted or is he going to battle defenses and the fact that you know some defense can still bait him to make mistakes and he has that inconsistency I'm not saying there's there's not a lot of quarterbacks out there there's like I don't care who they're facing but the thing is with Herbert is some teams with weaker defenses still game plan for him better than others it's, it's kind of yeah. 
his tight end, the tight end that I hate. It's Jared Cook. You can't predict his good and bad performances. He shows up when he shouldn't. He doesn't show up when he should. And then when he should, sometimes he does. It's just you got to roll out Herbert every single week. You got to roll out Keenan Allen, Mike Williams every single mm-hmm. week and just hope for the best. They're not too dissimilar from the Vikings. Three options yeah. and a quarterback. Yeah. And three, and like you're not even thinking twice about whether you start these guys or not. Right. They're right. a little different in that you don't think about, about Herbert, but you do think about Cousins. Sometimes, yeah. 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 And that's a team we're going to have to talk about in a second. All right, we've got a, a, a gamut of uh, NFC games to run through here. First one I want to start off with you guys is Seahawks and 49ers. The Seahawks win this one 30-23, as Funston uh, jokingly said, keep themselves on the fringes of the NFC playoff picture for now. But I want to ask you about the 49ers offense first. We saw this offense without Debo Samuel in this game, something they could be doing as well. So... What do we think about this 49ers offense without Debo Funston? I'm, I'm wondering if Jimmy Garoppolo is just a monogamous kind of guy. Like he he picks one <laughs> guy and then he just leans on that person over and over again because, you know, we were we were all kind of predicting a big game for Brandon Ayuk and he was mostly non-existent. Garoppolo realized the George Kittle store was open and he just went oh, kept yeah. going back to it and back to it and back to it. And so it's really they're the, you know, they're going to lean on their Elijah Mitchell and give him his twenty his twenty carries and, and try to be physical in that and they're gonna play off of that and I just I, I honestly don't know that Garoppolo is like he's not a Drew Brees type that likes to just look around and spread the ball around. He kinda has his has his go to guys and feels like he just kinda keeps going back to the well over and over again if it's working. I don't even say like monogamous. Just he goes with what works. Like yeah. you're not like Garoppolo. Yeah, he's not going to force the envelope because that's not who Garoppolo is anyway. Like Garoppolo is mm-hmm. a limited quarterback. And let's be honest. Like what's the difference between like Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins when the the Adam Thielen game is working? You know he's always going to try to go to Justin Jefferson. You know when Debo's out there, he's always going to try and go to Debo. But there'll be games where those don't happen and everybody else works. And as you mentioned, George Kittle was just open, 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 open. Nothing nothing yeah. wasn't working to throw out the double negative. So I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I think Ayuk could still be an answer if Debo's out for another week, could still be the answer next week. And he did get some garbage time there for him. But, you know, I, I don't think they were going to say is Ayuk's not relevant until Debo comes back type of situation. It's just Garoppolo goes with what works. Yeah, and uh, George Kittle certainly was working in a big way. Like you I said, know, Jake, everything, right. everything that involved <laughs> George Kittle was working for these 49ers in this game. But they still don't come away with the win. Seattle instead gets the win. What's our feeling on the, the state of the union for Seattle's <laughs> offense after what we saw in this game against uh, against the 49ers? And sorry, Jake, i got to let Funston take this one I, first. I was expecting you to. Yeah. <laughs> well, a couple things. First of all, you can say that when Russell came back, if you just look at the way he's looked on film each week – he does look better each week. It wasn't always a stark contrast in, in, in how much he improved. But if you take when he the first week back compared to this this past Sunday, you will see the stark contrast because he's evolved. He, he has looked a lot like uh, the Russell of old in this game, and it wasn't it wasn't perfect, but it was a, so much better. So you got to be heartened by that. You got to be heartened by Houston being the next opponent here. Um, I would say the one other thing is. I'm interested to see how much run they give Rashad Penny this week because he actually was picking up some decently tough carries between the tackles, was showing a little bit of juice. I think Travis Homer is probably going to be mixing in now on a regular mm-hmm. basis in the passing game, but I think Rashad Penny might get – this might be the week that he gets 15 carries or more and <laughs> might be a week that you can actually use When was it. the last time that I happened? I don't know. It's been a long time. It's been a couple years at least. <laughs> I didn't think he looked terrible. It, the numbers don't they, they don't show out. Ten carries, thirty five yards. Uh, he didn't look bad. It's a good defense. So um, I, I I hold out some hope this week in like a 
back end top thirty running back potential. Rex Burkhead. <laughs> That's who I would start Rex Burkhead before touching this backfield because all this backfield is it's the Houston Texans with a shiny logo that we want if we want to be excited about the Seahawks offense get the hell out of here with this backfield there's nothing back there Adrian Peterson Rashad Penny all of them Travis Homer with his giant long run that you know Homer like DJ Dallas uh-huh. no nothing to do with this backfield there's four people involved honestly, I, no. I promise you they want no. to extract anything they can out of Rashad Penny I promise you no. he's and healthy you know what the, the sad thing is you see how much is left in this bottle? Like that—that's what's left for Rashad Penny. That I, I was Rashad Penny, but at this point of his career, I, I think the one thing that I will say I agree with is the fact that Russell Wilson looked the best he's looked yet. Although, mm-hmm. floated that one. Oh my God, that touchdown! Actually, yeah. I wouldn't have cared about George Kittle in one league because DK Metcalf. On the, but I will say that he's like. If we throw out the estimations of what is a percentage of health, I don't think he's quite 100%, yeah. but he's getting close, like 90%, because yeah. he wouldn't have floated that ball. So I think he's close. And if Russell Wilson's close and he was your quarterback and you were trying to make other options while this was happening, I think now, as you mentioned, Funston, against Houston, I would say Russell Wilson is back to a top 10 quarterback, even if he was 90% against Houston. By the way, you'd be interested in Rex Burkhead if he could start against his own Texans team. <laughs> no, just trade for really. the, the Seahawks this week. Uh, so I've I've got the Rashad Penny answer. Last time he had 15 carries in a game was December 2nd, 2019, against the Minnesota Vikings. 15 for 74 and a touchdown. Also caught four passes for 33 yards and another touchdown in that game. Interestingly, that's the only time in his career he's had 15 carries in a game. How about that? It's crazy. Why? Because he died the next week. <laughs> the, yeah, one the, Most, uh, mostly died. He, yeah. He he must have gotten hurt. The, yeah, the night the yeah. Very next week he That's had I mean. I'm, I'm zero. He had zero <laughs> yeah. carries, one catch, and then he was on injured reserve the rest of the season. Yeah, he got hurt immediately. <laughs> so he got immediately hurt that very next game. So hey, roll the dice on Rashad Penny if you want. Let's talk Lions and Vikings, you guys. Lions in the win column, Woo! a twenty nine twenty seven win over the Vikings. Very sorry to you, Jake Seeley, for uh, the way that that one ended up turning out. Uh, but Adam Phelan has the high ankle sprain that you referenced earlier, Jake, and this is a Thursday night game for the Vikings against the Steelers, so pretty safe to say Adam Thielen's not going to be out there this week and maybe not going to be out there for a couple of weeks here. Can I interest either of you guys, and Jake, you run at this first, K.J. Osborne? Tyler Conklin? Frequently, yes. No, K.J. Osborne, 100%. Remember when people were excited about K.J. Osborne at the beginning of the year? And they're like, oh, they might might be a third wide receiver type team this year, and that went out the window (laughs) real quick, but... The point was, K.J. Osborne, intriguing talent, K.J. Osborne, and Tyler Conklin. Now, it's not going to be the Adam Thielen level. I think they'll share a lot more. But Conklin, like if we were doing another one, we'll throw percentages out there. Conklin was already being involved, so Conklin increases 25%, and then K.J. Osborne gets the 75%. And that makes K.J. Osborne an intriguing wide receiver three. Not a two like Thielen, but a three. Uh, Pittsburgh, hit or miss. I mean, Pittsburgh could be a cakewalk this week, and Kirk Mm Cousins throws for three touchdowns. Or they might show up and TJ Watt just gets in that backfield all day long and all of a sudden it's a struggle. But KJ Osborne, I would put alongside the names of Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham, uh, all sure. these wide receiver threes, Brandon Cooks, uh, you know, those like that's where he would be until Adam Thielen comes back. Yeah, and I'll just add, I mean, Conklin had a season high nine targets in this game yep. and he looked good. And I think, I, if I remember right, he had a touchdown. I, he had a touchdown that they called back, right? Um, I remember seeing that. So, anyways, could have been even a huge game. But he's a guy that typically at tight end I'm ranking like between 13 to 18 most weeks. 
And I think this mm-hmm. probably pushes him into that 12 to 15 range. And, and if it's a super good matchup, maybe you're getting him a little bit tucked inside that, that tight end one class a little bit more. Justin Jefferson, wide right receiver now. one for the rest of the season? The wide receiver Justin one Jefferson? or a wide receiver one? The, well, we know he's a wide receiver, the wide receiver one. No, because it's still Cooper Cup. That's Cooper Cup's title, <laughs> period, done. The first wide receiver I mean, in NFL history. He just put together. In the NFL history, the first wide receiver to have 10 games of 100 yards or a touchdown in his first 12 games of a season. That's You cannot ignore that. Ridiculous. Cooper Cup that every out, single damn week. Justin for Jefferson, number two ahead of Devontae Adams. We can make that call. Yeah. I'll get on board with that. But Cooper Cup this. is number one. I think that's totally fair. But three of the last four for Justin Jefferson, nine for 143, eight for 169, 11 for 182. How about wide I mean, receiver number just, two? That is can, nuts. Can, can Jefferson managers be okay with wide can, receiver number two? I think they're all right with that. Like one, yeah, one A I and think, one B. Yeah. Uh, on behalf of the, uh, I have Justin Jefferson everywhere group and uh, <laughs> one of the kings of the Justin Jefferson fan club. I'll say we'll take wide receiver two. Um, how about on the other side of this game, really quick? No. Do you care? Amon Ross, St. <laughs> Brown, ten, twelve, eighty-six. No, no Jake. No, no. Funston. Mm, no. Like somewhere <laughs> as like a bench. You know, filling a bench spot for some other crappy guy I have on my bench. Sure. I mean, okay. you look at you look at what he's done. He's starting. He's slowly gaining momentum. And this was a bigger he's jump. He's creeping. Yeah. I mean, interested is, you know, is a pretty wide swath. You're cutting yeah. with that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's well, leagues where I might be like, like oh, Josh Reynolds. Try to throw him on my bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Four for 69 in this game. Josh Reynolds. I mean, I'm still more interested yeah, in Josh I- Reynolds. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, he's three for 70 with a touchdown last week and, and four uh-huh. for 23 for St. Brown last week. Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. my point. Is we were just talking that, like, oh, now it's Josh Reynolds. It, both of them, this is this is deep league people anyway. Yeah. Let's continue. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, I mean, he's either off waivers because you play in a deep league or we're about to hit the playoffs. You're not screwing around with this madness anyway. I think that's totally fair. So let's move on to Eagles and Jets. We've got Jake's favorite topic. I know the thing he can't get enough of in the fantasy world. The Eagles backfield. Oh. And here we are again. Miles Sanders has the big game, but he gets hurt again. Boston Scott doesn't touch the ball, but that's because he was dealing with an illness all week. Kenneth Gainwell back hey. from the dead with a really perfor- – hey. like, I mean, what what are we doing now? What are we doing now, Jake? I love to talk about this because Joe Holka and I are going to be talking about this on his Thursday DFS show. I had a Gardner Minshew Miles Sanders team <laughs> and went – ham yesterday enjoying that oh dallas goddard obviously like this was fun that was a hell of a lot of fun for me yes i was on miles sanders yesterday 100 percent because of the matchup and boston scott was iffy going into that game but mm-hmm. you bring this up so like because this is frustrating they're heading into their bye miles sanders got hurt we're gonna have yep. to watch this am i chasing scott on waivers you should already have scott the biggest question is are you chasing yeah. gangwell i say no because jordan howard probably comes back yes. after the bye probably comes back and yes. it just goes into this full-blown committee as it's been this entire time Sanders should conceivably be 50% with the other three being 50% of themselves. Mm -hmm. But if he starts off slow, we've seen games where he gets seven touches and gets just Uh eliminated from this backfield. So, no, I mean, I don't know. I don't know really what you're doing at this point if because trade deadlines are gone. Right, right. Um, Let's let's get on that other guy that you mentioned, though. Is this I mean, we're, we're totally speculating here. And I'm going to try to talk to Zach Berman, uh, our Eagles beat writer, uh, for tomorrow's show to talk about this. But, like, 
Is this uh, is this no. time for Jalen Hurts? No. You mean no. you mean because of Top Gun Maverick and his play? And <laughs> I yeah. said that. that was within seconds, Fuss, did I tweeted that out. I said, did he get off a plane just fighting Russian MIGs? Yeah, exactly. Like, like just... <laughs> it was awesome. Leave it to Gardner Mitchell. But he, he's got to be the guy, right? Week 15, no reason oh, to think he's not Jalen healthy. Hurts. I mean, he was – 100%. Yeah, yeah right? I, I mean, mean no, the Jets – Jets give up thirty points a game. Like no other team gives yeah, up like more right. than twenty seven. Like they're they're the worst defense in the league. So we gotta kinda take this with a grain of salt. So um and you know, Philadelphia style just matches perfectly with just crushing mm-hmm. the Jets defense. You know, they've been they've been very generous against the run. So yeah, I think it's gotta be Jalen Hurts' job. But you know, I maybe the leash for Jalen Hurts, we talked about his leash being short, short early in the year, and then he started playing well, and they started running more, and then there was no more talk about that. Maybe now, if he comes back and struggles, you'll see that you'll see that talk emerge again. Oh, six and seven too, right there in the playoffs, and you know, sometimes you just and gotta just like grass. Washington, they <laughs> Washington, the rest of their schedule is all it's Philly, Dallas, Philly, Dallas, all Giants. NFC East. And the then the NFC East end of season schedule is just insane. It's crazy. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, they they, Washington Giants, <laughs> oh, Washington Cowboys. So I was none of these teams play each other for three months. This well, most <laughs> of the divisions tried. And you'll see a lot, a lot of divisions. This was the whole COVID thing. This was like if we have to, we back schedule oh, sure. everything. So sure. most divisions yeah. are playing each other heavily. It's just the NFC East is the most prominent of all of them for some reason. But um, <laughs> I will agree on one thing. I, I, I completely cast it aside as completely just Jalen Hurts. I don't think it happens in game against Washington, but if that's a bad game and then he rolls out mm-hmm. and struggles in the first half against the Giants, maybe. But I still think Jalen yeah. Hurts is the answer for 2022. So that's really what it comes down yeah. to: is, is you're gonna have to watch where this goes. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's probably the right way to think about this heading into the Eagles' a Week 14 bye. Steelers Ravens uh, next game on our list here. Steelers come away with a crucial twenty to nineteen win after the Ravens go for two and come up just short. And what was actually a pretty fun game. I watched a good chunk of that game. It was uh, started out slow, but ended up uh, being a pretty fun one to watch. At the end, Devontae Freeman, you guys uh, mm-hmm. locked in as a fantasy starter, Jake. Yeah, that's this is the same excitement we have for Latavius Murray early. early. Earth this year. Uh, Gus Edwards when J.K. Dobbins got hurt. J.K. Dobbins when he's... Why? Because you're a lead running back, and if you're getting lead running back with about 60% or more of the touches in the Ravens' backfield, you are in play as a top 24 running back, potentially even more, because it's the Ravens' backfield, and it's the Ravens' situation. Devonta Freeman, hey, look what happens when you get off the Giants and onto the Ravens. You can see what that does for you. Could you imagine if they would have traded for Saquon Barkley? Oh my god! It would have been like Christian McCaffrey times four. Like, so, uh, like, yeah, but Devonta Freeman is absolutely in play as an RB2. Yeah, I, I would agree. I was like doubting Devontae Freeman. And I thought people were starting to ramp up his ranking too high, you know, before he hadn't really done anything that you could really hang your hat on. To me, he was sort of like a, a middle class version of Miles Gaskin, wasn't always getting stuff in the passing game either. But this this week in this game, he looked like a legit lead guy and he was getting balls thrown to him in the passing oh, yeah. game. And uh, yeah, I just I changed my opinion of him with this performance in particular. I think he's there as the guy. He didn't look like Atlanta Devontae Freeman, right. but he didn't look like that far off <laughs> from the Atlanta guy either. Right? I mean he looked What was that like two thousand four? Like that feels like forever ago. <laughs> <laughs> he looked good. He looked good in this game. It wasn't just he wasn't just stat accumulating, right? Like he was oh making you plays realize both as a runner and a receiver. Carlos Hyde, Adrian Peterson, Devonta Freeman. What the freaking hell year is this? <laughs> no. Adrian Peterson with How his did- seven for eleven in a touchdown. 
I mean, he scored. Carlos Hyde had a top 20 day. <laughs> I forgot Freeman's to mention, like, I, think, I think James Robinson was initially my leader in the losers of the week. And I, oh, and I yeah. forgot at the, when you when you put me on the... Uh, no, because you well, know why? You know who the real loser is? It's Urban Meyer. Well, yeah. Go back to college, you <laughs> jerk. Like, know, it's a make an example. The only thing I'm hoping is that James go Robinson the, wasn't Go 100%. take the Oregon job. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Right? Urban Meyer to Oregon. Let's get that started. How about trading uh, uh, Gardner Minshew for nothing? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, quarterbacks That's carry. A, you could at least got like a fifth rounder out of him. You could have got something. They misplayed their hand. Legit. He's basically. What is a, the, hey, he's sitting like, there yeah. playing poker with like this big ass grin on his face, and everybody knows, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go all the way to the river. Oh, okay, no, okay, we're out. <laughs> Thanks. Probably have two more wins if, um, if they had him as a backup. Yeah, those quality backups are valuable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Absolutely. for sure, right? Quality backup with all the starting experience mm-hmm. Minshew already had. I mean, the Ridiculous. Giants would be better if they had Minshew than anything they're rolling out there. <laughs> nice job there, Herbs. Uh, this is just for you, Jake. What a what a fourth quarter on Deontay Johnson. Thank you. Yes. What it was a, looking, I mean, that was whew, awesome. It was ugly before that, yeah. though. It was, it was big fat zero in the heading into halftime. Ayuk and him. I was like, where were these guys? Uh, Actually, DK Metcalf, too. It was gross to start the day. Yeah. But, yeah, Deontay is wonderful. Uh, there was a lot of tweets about it last night. It's, I put out the tweet that I talked about in the offseason that he was wide receiver five in points per game last year in the 11 games, and people forgot about that mm-hmm. real quick, uh, mostly. And, you know, I wasn't saying a top 10 wide receiver because Juju was healthy heading into this year, but with no Juju when it's down to two options, and he was still the number one. Uh, it would, no matter what it comes, you have to play all four quarters. What a surprise. The game yeah. doesn't end at halftime. <laughs> Deontay Johnson is top – He's a top 10 wide receiver, and he'll be a top 10 wide receiver next year, whoever the quarterback is. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely yeah. with you on that. And he could have had a hat trick. He could have had like 150 yes. yards and a hat trick. He wouldn't drop that one. But I know. Yeah. It's, it's, shut up. You know, <laughs> the, the DK play uh, or the Deontay touchdown would have saved me in one lead from the George Kittle misery. So, yeah. Oh, uh, man. That is, uh, that's, that's no, that's one you, you lose sleep over a little bit. Uh, Buccaneers and Falcons. No one losing sleep over this one. We know everything that's going on with Tampa. I don't think we really need to talk about them. But I've got another do you care for you. Russell Gage, 11, 12, 130. Do you care? Yes. Yeah. Three weeks in a row. Top targeted option. You know, it's the third, like, go back three weeks. It was a mild game. It was like a low-end wide receiver three, four performance. But then wide Mm -hmm. receiver two and now wide receiver one. I'm not saying, oh, go slam Russell Gage into every single one of your lineups. But, you know, if you're talking about Russell Gage versus some of those boomer bust wide receiver three, four options, he's essentially now Jacoby Myers. Well, yeah, I mean, tell me tell me, I'm not going to care about any receiver who's caught 17 of 19 targets, has 180-plus yards and a touchdown in a two-week span. I, yeah. I don't care who it is. Just tell me who it is. I'll go out and put in a, you know, if if, if I know that there's no extenuating circumstances and it's going to be the same thing kind of going forward, yeah. yeah, I'm in on that guy. Got excited for that Kyle Pitts, right? He had like four for 48 in the first half and then didn't catch another ball. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it was all the first half, but uh, man. If he didn't step out. Just, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's not happening for him this year, is it? It's just, it just doesn't feel the like it's ever going to get no, there for the him funny this thing season. Is he's like third or fourth in receiving yards at tight end. It's just one touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's just, that's a commentary on the tight end position as much as it is anything. Yeah with the way that uh, that's gone this year. But let's talk about Dolphins and Giants, everyone's favorite game. Actually, it was one of my favorite games because it got me through to week 14 in my survivor pool. So thank you, Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Um, we saw Devontae Parker get back healthy and get productive. So how do you look at this breakdown, Funston, with these two top receivers, Jalen Waddell and Devontae Parker? 
Well, I think I said this before. The one thing about Miami is they don't run the ball very well. So the nice thing here is you can usually count on volume. Um, it's not perfect. What, what Jalen Waddle? He was out of that game for a little while, right? Like, uh, so like, I'm not sure how you know it wasn't working out great for Parker early on when they were both kind of out there because Waddle was the guy, but but then it kind of swung towards Parker. I feel good about Parker and probably like a back end, you know, maybe back into the top 40 kind of wide receiver ish mm-hmm. range. And I, you know, I, I, but I'm still, I'm still going to have Waddle probably a half a tier or so, maybe even a little bit more ahead of him. Yeah. Waddle's a locked in wide receiver too for me. Uh, the Giants, we talked about last week and I kept bringing it up the fact that they keep everything in front of them. Uh, the good thing is the rest of the schedule, Waddle is yes, yes, yes. Uh, Parker is yes, no, yes. Uh, they get the Jets, <laughs> so start them both. The problem is that they get the Saints after that. Waddle's fine because similar, like the Saints will let you catch stuff underneath. Waddle could come out. It's not going to be a 100-yard mm-hmm. game, but it could be one of those 7 for 77 type of games. But you're not mm-hmm. going to want to start Parker against the Saints, but then the Titans to finish things off, and the Titans have no pass defense. So you're good with Waddle the rest of the way. I would say top 20 wide receiver Waddle the rest of the way. Low end, 19, 20, somewhere around there. But Parker is going to be a play this week, not next week, but then again for the final one. Let's flip over to the other side of this game and say, how are we treating Saquon (laughs) for the rest of the season? Mid-high RB2, you have to play him. It was was his best game so far. He looked good. The problem is the offensive line is beyond trash. They talk about zero push. Dude's running into offensive linemen, not because he's Trent Richardson, but because he legitimately has (laughs) nowhere to go. It's almost like they're blocking each other. There's still a go back to earlier this year. There was a play. uh, Dan Dugan is the one that tweeted it out. There were were the two offensive linemen are actually against each other on the Giants. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? But now we're talking about we get Jake Fromm this week. So Mm -hmm. the only thing Mm -hmm. is... Yeah, I mean, I can't get worse, honestly, for the Giants. I mean, let's be yeah. real. Like, I can't get worse. Funston's boy, Jake Fromm. That's how that's how <laughs> we think of him. My boy. <laughs> oh, my boy is Jacob Eason. Come on. Oh, you messed Beat up the my Jakes. boy. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, two. there you go. But who, who are the, um, the Chargers? You're running against the Chargers. This is going to be Saquon yeah. Barkley. Yeah. you got to yeah. play him as a mid-high RB2. You have to. I was going to say, like, it, it just kind of thinking about it, he's kind of in the, the Josh Jacobs, CEH, sort of Miles yeah. Gaskin mix for me now. So it's mid, mid-teens, mid like 15, 17 kind of RB range mm-hmm. at this point. He's, I think he's um, 17 or 18 on the week right now. Okay. Saquon's so 17 or 18 he, on the week right now? Yeah. It's kind of where he is, right? Yeah. 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 Um, Cardinals and Bears, you guys. Next game up here. Cardinals pretty much cruise to an easy win over the Bears. 33-22 the final. Really wasn't that close. Uh, let's start on the Bears side of this. Do you care Justin Fields' impending return? What do you got, Funston? Care about this? Mm, well, I mean, might as well at this point. I, I care about Darnell Mooney, and that, that sucked. So, like... This game sort of didn't work out for him. It was weirdly a Jakeem Grant game. Um, And at this point, I kind of am like, well, if he's going to suck with with Andy Dalton, might as well let Justin Fields come back and, and, you know, breathe – Breathe some of that rushing game life. And and he was improving as a passer, and he's their future. So I care from a – let's just get back to what they plan Mm -hmm. on doing and and see where we're at with that. But I don't really care about the Bears in general other than David (laughs) Montgomery at this point. I mean, yeah, David Montgomery, that's... another great schedule, but Justin Fields, not so much. But the thing was with Mooney, too, two things. Arizona defense, really good. Uh, similar to the mm-hmm. Giants, also keep things underneath. But the weather, also, it wasn't miserable, miserable weather, but it was sleeting a little bit, which forced more underneath stuff. And that's not Mooney's game. 
you got Green Bay this week, Minnesota, Seattle, Giants. So you probably only hesitant about Mooney in the final week. But, you, I mean, at least you're in the championship game when you get there. Wasn't a huge game for DeAndre Hopkins. Did find the end zone. But do you just feel like, all right, he, he got back. He's healthy. He's back on the field. Like, yeah. I saw enough. Wide receiver two. He's yeah. a wide receiver two. He's a wide receiver two. And that's the only wide receiver you care about. Yep. Yep, for sure. I think he's... He missed three games. He's still, I think, second in red zone touchdowns in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that was like him, him not being 100% came out. Yeah, he has eight touchdowns in the red zone. Good grief. I, was just, I, was gonna, I didn't realize he was that high. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, and he got it right away. And then he yeah. was basically, I don't know, it was like they decided to kind of let him be coasty after yeah. that. Coasty. But, yeah. coming, coming, <laughs> off the, coming off the injury that he had with the wet conditions in Chicago yesterday. It makes sense. But when they had that game in hand by halftime. Makes sense to take it easy on him from that point. So, But, yeah, definitely uh, for anyone invested in DeAndre Hopkins, I do think that we saw all that we needed to see in that game against the Bears yesterday. Okay, guys, just a couple more games to talk about here. Let's try to fly through these. First one is Rams and Jaguars. Rams cruise to a 37-7 victory. We teased this a little bit at the start. Funston, Rams back. Jaguars D, a little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, probably more of they're playing the Jaguars, but uh, you know, uh, they look they're good. I don't know what I think. I think we feel good. Van Jefferson had a nice game, and then he what he also dropped. Did he drop a touchdown? I'm misremembering all these guys that like drop <laughs> touchdowns, but uh, yeah, I mean, Sony Michelle, like I said, he's in the mix now. Probably going to see a little bit more of him going forward. Um, but Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, that looked as healthy as ever. Um, Odell Beckham got into the end zone. So, yeah, it was a, the, the more bigger discussion of this game is that, that Jaguars backfield, in my in my mm-hmm. mind. It was a super annoying. Super yeah, annoying, what do you so. – I mean, is there anything actionable off of that, Jake? For the backfield, there's nothing you can really do. You just have to yeah. deal with the fact that you, you're going to roll out James Robinson, if healthy, as the lead option, but maybe not as a top 15 running back as he has been because Urban Meyer yeah. got his wish and screwing around with him again. <laughs> yeah. Just... Well, so it's so random. I'm fum- like like dog doghousing a guy because he fumbled is such an old school kind of approach. And like James Robinson is normally fairly, but it's been two games in a row with him losing a fumble. So, but like, do you is that, do you not want to have the most talented guy out there? <laughs> you know, and a guy who's been trustworthy otherwise. Uh-huh. And this is probably just an anomaly. But yeah, Urban Meyer is is an idiot. So what can you do? <laughs> the perfect mic drop to move on to Washington and the Raiders. Washington with a 17 to 15 grinded out win, a big win for the Washington football team to keep their streak alive. You know, something we haven't talked about really at all, you guys, I don't even know what we can say about it, but we haven't talked at all about the fact that Terry McLaurin has been extremely boomer bust this season. Just look at his game logs and he's got huge games and mad games and really nothing in between. I mean, do you take anything away from this, Jake? Uh, it's just the, it's the inconsistency of Taylor Henneke. It really comes down to it. Terry McLaurin's been inside the top 8 to 10, as Funston knows, because he edits my waiver column, top 8 to 10 in unrealized air yards for most of the year. And, like, he hits in a game, and it knocks him just outside mm-hmm. the top 10 to, like, 11th or 12th, and he's right back because it's just the inconsistency of Heineke. You know, you're dealing with Heineke, and you know how much I love him. He's got his jersey up there from ODU, but he's also <laughs> yep. inconsistent, makes throws that he shouldn't make, and he's not always on the same page, and he makes throws across his body and stuff like that. But that's he's fun, and, you know, it's good to root for him. Because he's been in the XFL, he's coming out of ODU, 
TCU, which is not a school that produces, you know, NFL talents, but it's yep. going to come down to the fact that that's what happens to Terry McLaurin, any wide receiver with that. So he's also had to deal with not really having a number two alongside of him most of the year. And then Logan Thomas finally comes back and now he's out again for the entire year. Curtis Samuel still hasn't done much since he's returned. Yeah, I mean, it's got to give credit to Washington for finding a recipe, kind of like Philadelphia, where they, you know, they go run heavy, and it's it's hard for a team that they know they they're dinking and dunking, but they're staying with it, and I think it's hard for teams to kind of stay and do that, but they're doing it. You know, Heineke twenty three for thirty, high completion rate, but only six and a half yards per attempt, mm-hmm. like. That recipe is working because they're able to run the ball because their defense is actually playing pretty good despite not having Chase Young and Montez Sweat out there. They're actually playing good defense. Where as long as that's working, I think that's what they're going to go into every game trying to do. So it kind of it's going to hinder McLaurin from the get go unless things go out of whack from that formula and they have to force it. You know, have to be forced to kind of throw the ball downfield. So um, you know, it's not. It's not great circumstances at the moment for me. Here's the good thing. While I was looking up that stat for you, Funston, that where Hopkins, yeah, he is tied for second with Adam Thielen and some other people with seven. Uh, Terry McLaurin's second tied with Stefan Diggs, Hunter Henry, and Jamar Chase for end zone targets on the year. So he's still still getting those opportunities when he's in there. He's just not connecting all of it. Do you you guys want to guess who leads the league? Wrong. Mark Andrews. (laughs) You guys would have never Mark Andrews. Wow. Should have had a touchdown yesterday before the Sammy Watkins uh, touchdown. He should have had a two-point conversion, too. <laughs> Only <laughs> what could have been. How about uh, Hunter Renfro? We know he's a thing. How much of a thing is he, Funston? Uh, I think it's 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 a, a lot of a thing. Uh, like Darren Waller's out, and you know he was kind of like absorbed a lot of that similar area of the field stuff and and Derek Carr lives well in that that range and then plays you know the deep ball off of that but right now he's you know he's throwing the ball to the running backs more right now Derek Carr is living in kind of that short and intermediate range and they're not getting as much deep going I think Deshaun Jackson's interesting once they but like I just think that the vacuum of Renfro for Darren Waller being out is is a real thing yeah Definitely was coming off that way for sure, and uh, something that I think should continue. And I mean, he's just been—he's been in there every single week, even when Darren Waller was, you know, healthy. Right. He was in there every single week for this team, and really no reason to think that stops another Jekyll and Hyde team. These Las Vegas Raiders. I actually was—I actually took—I I bet on Washington yesterday. I picked Washington to win this game, and it was all because Thanksgiving Day. You go into Dallas, you score thirty-six points, you beat the Cowboys, you get ten days off, you're coming home, you're playing the Washington Football Team. And you're favored by two and a half points. That's it. And uh, I think that sums up the Las Vegas Raiders for you. Big favorites in week 13 were the Indianapolis Colts against the Houston Texans. And with good reason, they go on and trounce the Texans 31-0. Uh, just saw a tweet from Ian Rappaport that uh, Tyler or Ty- Tyrod Taylor has torn ligaments in his left wrist. Still could play in week 14, but maybe opens the door for Davis Mills to be out there. Whether it's Tyrod or Davis Mills. Uh, can we trust Brandon Cooks, Jake? If it's Davis Mills. Because at least no, Davis Mills is going to give him eight-plus targets most games. It was just like the one bad game, and that wasn't even the weather game. The weather game was the one where he got a ton of targets, even in it. So if Davis yeah. – I, I said this to me, call me crazy. I feel better about Cooks if Mills is under center because I at least know he's good – it's similar to Haneke. I know he's going to try, and I know he's going to keep throwing it. Even if he only catches three of his nine targets, 
he's going to try. Now, if it's Tyrod, I probably don't play him against Seattle, but you know that Seattle's going to force Houston to pass because they're going to get up on mm-hmm. him. So, yes, if David Mills is out there, I'd still start Brandon Cooks as a wide receiver three. Yeah, Cooks, you know, he had he had three catches of the six targets, but he was the only receiver who caught a ball in that game. Like, the other receivers so combined ridiculous. for, like, 0 for 7 or something like that. So depending ridiculous. What you, yeah, so, I mean... <laughs> He is the guy. If you feel like there's any chance of life for the Houston offense, hey, you, have you to think feel that's okay ridiculous? About- Do you know the Giants haven't had a running back or wide receiver touchdown in their last five games? <laughs> what? <That's- laughs> I'm not kidding. It's been all tight ends. It's been uh, Rudolph Engram times two or Rudolph times two. The random person, yeah. nobody, Myerick, and then Andrew Thomas. Yeah. Oh my the god! Offensive lineman. Yes. That is he, outrageous. Did he recover a fumble or something? I don't no, know. No, it was one. it was a trick. It was a trick offensive lineman touchdown. Oh, it was a tackle is there any? Eligible. Are there any like Daniel Jones rushing touchdowns in there too? Uh, I don't know if there's a rushing touchdown in there. Or have they just scored that few touchdowns? They scored that few touchdowns. They haven't scored thirty points this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. That is a ridiculous stat. Also, but ridiculous go, stat is what. Go John, no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, but go ahead. No, that's what I was gonna say. Go, but go ahead. Oh yeah. So Jonathan Taylor, everything he's doing is ridiculous. I actually I phrased this to you guys this morning when I was telling you what nope. I was putting in the show as is the Jonathan Taylor manager winning your leagues. I think actually the more interesting nope. thing is how how bad is like what's the worst Jonathan Taylor team performance in any of your leagues? I've got a league where the Jonathan Taylor person is in ninth place out of twelve with like middle of the pack points. Oh, I've seen That's a couple me. of those. I, I have Jonathan Taylor in a league. I'm the third highest scoring team, and I'm like, I'm like four and four and eight or four and nine now. No, like, because this is why yeah, I lost fantasy. a sixty point game. Yeah, it's <laughs> fancy. I, oh, I'm Jonathan Taylor yeah. team in my home. Now it's key, home keeper auction and the third seed. But just to give you an idea, this is the lineup that just lost yesterday: Lamar Jackson, Barkley, Taylor, Deontay, DK Metcalf, Cordero Patterson, Kelsey, and Najee Harris. <laughs> And I lost yesterday. That's- <laughs> oh, my God. That's a team that I'm assuming is favored every single game it plays. Yes, and I've also lost. I'm assuming the last has the higher weeks. projection. And I've lost the last two. This is why projections <laughs> mean nothing. Do not look at your box scores. Do nothing. not look at your opponent. Do not look at what the app tells you you're going to score. doesn't matter. Well, you know what the great thing was about that game? Like, I think Jonathan Taylor led all running backs in touches. They won 31 to nothing against Houston. They still <laughs> and- yeah, it, it it was very late that what the Deion Jackson guy gets into the yeah, end yeah. zone for a touchdown. Yeah. But God, you had to love that they were willing to use him that much in a game that they just absolutely had them from the get go. You know, I know. So. And, oh, wait, but then they're losing. They lost the Buccaneers game. They were bringing in Naheem Hines. Like that's like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It does so, feel though like they've kind of like turned the corner to like, all right, we're down the stretch now. We're all in on Jonathan yeah. Taylor all the time. 32 carries in a 31 nothing game yeah. for Jonathan Taylor. How about 32 carries in the 41-15 win against the Bills, too? Yeah. Yeah, love it. How about and then 16 carries sucks. in a 38-31 loss against the <laughs> against the Buccaneers. And you don't get him this week. Going to need that explained. But yeah, bye this week. Uh, bye this week for the Colts and hopefully we can uh, petition the NFL to uh, get rid of week 14 buys every <laughs> single year going forward because 
No one wants anyone sitting in week 14. Way too late, NFL, to be having guys sitting out. It's also too late for us to keep this show rolling, so we're going to call it an episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Thanks to all of you for listening and those of you who are with us on YouTube for watching as well. For Jake and Funston, I am Michael Beller. Good luck to those of you who are still looking for something good to happen on Monday Night Football to get a win. For the rest of you, let's move forward to week 14 and think about those wins we are going to get then. We'll talk to you later. See ya.